0: right, that felt good. I may come back there and preach to you guys sometime from that area. But thank you. I really appreciate Linus reading my scripture for me this morning. I may have to get him to do that uh, again, but uh, I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles this morning to, guess what? Luke chapter 2, beginning of verse 8. And I want to share with you a message about the shepherd's view of Jesus' birth. We looked at Mary and Joseph's view of Jesus' birth last week. And what must have been going through their minds and their hearts as they looked uh, at the birth and the uniqueness of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, how it impacted them as people and as a couple. And it had the same effect on the the, um, shepherds as well. Uh, But yet, you know, that effect of Jesus' coming hadn't stopped. It's continued for uh, 2,000 years now to where we are today. And the understanding of who He is and what He means to us is uh, not not uh, uh, insignificant at all, but it's the most important thing. And so I want to share with you some things. And you listen as we read. And, and if you can, put yourself in their place. Think about that cool night when they were around the campfire and when they were laid back and relaxed and all the sheep were asleep and put into the places where they were supposed to be. Everything was quiet. And then all of a sudden... Uh, out of nowhere, uh, in the heavens, burst forth this amazing celebration and announcement of Jesus' birth. Uh, you know, we've gotten creative uh, in our day and in our culture about how we announce babies and how we announce their gender, their name, their everything, right? Uh, and yet, there's never been such a creative way of announcing a birth than how God chose to announce the birth of His Son, Jesus Christ. It's so amazing. Listen to the story of what Scripture says. He says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people for there is born to you this day in the city of David a savior his Christ the Lord and he will be excuse me this will be the sign to you you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest And on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing which came to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And now when they had seen Him, they made widely known the saying, which was told them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled all at these things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. So then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things which they had heard and seen. And it was told to them. Bow with me if you would not let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful today for the message and the story of our Savior, Jesus Christ. How that God in His holiness and in His eternity, He came in humility and in finiteness to this earth to do for us what none of us could do, but be a gift. A gift of love. And that love gift expressed itself through death, sacrifice, by giving us eternal life. Lord, thank you for that's the holiday that we celebrate this season. That's the reason that we have cause to be thankful and grateful. Now Lord, I pray today that you'll help us to see maybe in a new and a fresh way what it was for Jesus to come and be born. In his name I pray. Amen. You know, as you begin to think about what the shepherds were experiencing, one of the things that we understand and that's a reality of not only Mary and Joseph's story, but the shepherd's story as well, is that all this was uh, was compassed around by revelation. In other words, it was revelation that the shepherds were experiencing. They were seeing... What God had said for a long time, now coming into being and coming in into uh, happening. And so they were caught back by that. You know, we don't know how much education these shepherds had. Probably not very much. Certainly not much religious experience or education because of the nature of their job. Uh, But yet we understand that they did know about Messiah. And they did understand that one day that God would send His Son. And yet, was this the day? Was this the time? Was this the event that they knew about and they had heard about? Well, listen, it comes to them through revelation. You know, I always ask the question, or not always, but many times, when I'm thinking about this passage of Scripture, why the shepherds? Uh, You know, why why wasn't it some townspeople? Or why wasn't it someone else? Or why wasn't it another group of people? Or why wasn't it the religious group? You know, the uh, Pharisees and chief priests and those. Why wasn't it them that God... Would have chosen to reveal. But why the shepherds? Why would God choose the shepherds? You know, I could lay you a really great biblical foundation why that it should have been anybody else but the shepherds. I could tell you about what shepherds were were customarily like and because of their job, what it excluded them from, life and experience of religion, those kind of things. You know, shepherds weren't at worship service. They didn't go up every day into the temple. They didn't participate in a lot of the religious events that the rest of the nation did. And so my question is, why then, Lord? Why would you use them? You know, typically... Shepherds were kind of outcasts. They were sketchy, to say the least. They were guys who often were unreliable and many times irreligious. Uh, But yet, for some reason, God chose them. But in spite of this, God would use them. I want to say to you this, listen. Uh, God has a way of using the unexpected to do do the incredible. You know, when I think about why He chose the shepherds to give this revelation to, it's an encouragement to me. Because now I can kind of see why would God use me to share this message with you this morning? Why wouldn't He have chosen someone else? Uh, but I understand that God has purpose in all that He does. You know, many times in your life you may, might have questioned God's choosing of you for a certain task. Well, why do you want me to do this? Why do you want me to go there? I remember 20 plus years ago, the first time that God began to deal with my heart about going on a mission trip. I said, oh God, we've got professional missionaries. Uh, My church gives to the Lottie Moon and my church uh, gives to the Annie Armstrong Easter offerings. You know, we give. We send out professional missionaries. Uh, you, You certainly don't want me to go on a mission trip. And all of a sudden, God began to press in on that idea and that thought of going on a mission trip. And then He began to set things and circumstances in front of me that really I couldn't look past the thought of maybe He really does want me to go. And 20 plus years ago, Jackie and I both came to the same agreement that we had to go. And since that time, 20 plus years ago, God has radically changed my life and my thoughts toward missions. My burdens and desires for other people to want to participate in mission projects, mission trips. It's been uh, it's been a heartstring of our church here at Garrison Baptist Church that we participate in missions, that we be involved not not just in giving and praying, but in going. And, and so I, I look back twenty plus years ago and I say that's why you put it in my heart, or that's why you did that. You see, God doesn't always choose the wise. <laughs> uh, things of this world, but he chooses, Paul says, uh, the simple things to bring down the wise so that no flesh would glory in itself. Uh, You see, this revelation, when you look at it from the shepherd's perspective, it was a revelation to humble servants. I mean, in their humility and In their humbleness, they served God. Verse 8 says, And now there were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flock. By night. what were they doing? They were out there living a, a humble life. God didn't choose the famous, but He chose the humble. God didn't choose the elevated, but He chose those who were base. God does that through His work. Listen, when God uses someone like you and I that become humble servants of the Lord Jesus Christ, then all of a sudden God is the object of glory. So He chose these shepherds because of their humble nature, of their humble position, so that He could be exalted through what He was about to reveal. Listen, if you want God to use you, if you want God to really minister through your life today, then listen, let me encourage you. God draws near the humble and He uses the humble. So it was humble servants that received this revelation. Let me give you something else about this revelation. Not only through humble servants, and God continues to do that today, that He continues to get the message of the gospel out to the world today through obedient, humble hearts. People that are willing and people that are ready to go out and to serve Him. But also this revelation was about, uh, it was from a heavenly source. There's no question about who was sending this message to earth. Uh, there was no question that this message was unique and unusual, simply by the messenger who gave the message. Uh, listen to what verse 9 says. And following it says, And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were greatly afraid. Can you imagine what their, their thoughts were? All of a sudden there's this angel and around him the glory of the Lord is shining uh, and, and they're there and the first response from the angel wasn't to listen, but it was, a, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You see, in the glory and the presence of God, we're overwhelmed by great fear. Sit all through the Bible. that so many who come in contact with, with a special uh, encounter with God. They're overwhelmed by that encounter. And, and the first thing that they need to hear is don't be afraid. Don't be overwhelmed. Don't be scared about what's about to happen. It goes on to say, And, and the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold. You see, the angel said, Don't be afraid, but take note of what I'm about to tell you. Take note about, about what's going to happen. You know, so often as I read in the Word of God, have you ever done that before you've been reading in the Bible? All of a sudden, you, you're kind of going down through this chapter and verse, and and then, uh, wow, all, you know, there's just something that just stops you. I, I mean, it, it, it's as if, as if someone, if God reached off the pages of the Scripture and grabbed your mind and held it for a while and said, said now listen to me. Now listen to me. I've got something that I want to say to you. And for those shepherds, God was doing that very thing that He was grabbing their attention and and He was expecting their focus and and their listening. And and so the angel said, listen, don't be afraid, but listen, behold. I've I've got something for you. And, And after they were given the message to validate that message, what happened? All of heaven opened up and all of heaven began to glorify God. And so the... Shepherds receive this revelation from a heavenly source. Heavenly source, all right? Where do we receive our revelation from God from? Same place, heavenly source. It's the Word of God that He is precisely and that He has measuredly and with perfection given to us through His messengers. The Bible says that about itself is that it's God-breathed. That God gave it to holy men and that He moved in these men so that what would be recorded is exactly the revelation that God wants us to have. So listen to me today. As you read the Word of God, then you realize that its message about the birth of Jesus Christ is from from a heavenly source. Um, Well, Revelation came to humble servants Uh, through heavenly sources, Uh, and here's what that revelation is about. It's about a holy subject, the Lord Jesus Christ, isn't it? I mean, wasn't that the whole message? Isn't that the whole message of Christmas? I mean, it really didn't line us, center it up pretty well for us. It's all about Jesus Christ. It's all about Him. Uh, We may have traditions and reflections, and we we may have things that spin off of that. But listen, ultimately, what we celebrate, what we do, is all about Jesus Christ, about His birth. That's Christmas. Uh, And so it's about (laughs) this wonderful, holy subject. Listen to some things about this holy message, about this holy subject. First of all, if you look at verse 10, uh, toward the end, you'll see the nature of the message. What the angels say about this message? They say, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. So here's the nature of the message of Jesus Christ, isn't it? It's, it's good tidings of great joy. In other words, it's good news that ought to cause great rejoicing. Listen, when we think about the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ... Certainly we'd have to agree and surely we'd have to come together in agreement on the fact that that being forgiven of your sins and having a place in heaven, having a the living God in you through the Holy Spirit, that surely is, is good tidings. Can I get amen? I mean, come on. Look. To to have a loving God care for us so much that he would come and die on a cross for us for our sins, for our wrong, for our evil, for our wickedness, and yet a loving God would come and die for us. That's good news. Now listen, now that good news, certainly our response ought to be one of good feelings, right? Great joy. Great joy. So when we celebrate celebrate Christmas this year, the reason we rejoice isn't about the gifts under the tree or how many things that we get. You know, listen, you know, I, I tell you, I, I spoke to Jack a little bit about Christmas and it's been a hard Christmas for us because of a lot of the things that are going on around our Christmas. But yet, you know, I really began to wonder about some things and it's almost as if sometimes families have Christmas registries. Have you ever noticed that? You know that that you put on your registry what you want, and you go out and choose, and you buy that thing and you bring it and you give it to him and you know I wonder really uh, I guess the ultimate expression of that is gift cards but uh but you know the the thing because it is hard right, and we try to simplify it in a way, but yet in simplification, sometimes we lose the magnification of the Lord Jesus Christ, and so We need to realize that it's about this good tidings of great joy. That's the nature of the message. Look at verse 10 at the end. He talks about the the need of the message the angel does, or Luke does as he writes. He says, uh, which will be to all people. Who needs this Christmas message that you and I know about? Everybody. He says it will work. It will cross borders. It will cross ethnic groups. It will cross... Racial divides. It, it, it crosses educational divides and, and, and financial divides. Look, the good news of Jesus Christ works for everyone. Everyone. It's good news of great joy for all people, the angel says. What a message, isn't it? That we have something that's, that works everywhere we go, in every place. So it's a message of 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 need that people have. Look at uh, look at verse eleven. It talks about not only its nature and its need, but it, it really talks about it. its news. It says, For there is more to you. Here's the news, right? Can you imagine if you saw this on, on CNN or some other uh, Fox or some other thing? Here's the headlines for there's more to you this day in the city of David, the Savior is Christ the Lord. Wouldn't that be awesome? You know, wake up on, on Christmas morning and see these big banners rolling through our, our, our television screens. What news! What news that would be and what news it was for those shepherds as well. The Messiah is born, the long-awaited King of Israel, the long-awaited King of kings and Lord of lords. He has come. He's come. Every time we celebrate Christmas, we're celebrating those very things, those very facts that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, He has come. He's come. We celebrate Him in that. You see, that's news, Uh, and that's good news. Uh, Not only the subject is news, but also we have to realize and see if you look at verse 12, that uh, His coming was of the sort where He was unique in that coming. He says, And this will be the sign to you, and you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. You see, Jesus came in a way that that wasn't unusual. But He came in a kind of a usual way. Jesus just came in and He just fitted into our lives. I mean, He didn't make a big scene other than to the shepherd. He didn't have... Town criers or bands playing or announcements made or headlines scrolling. He just kind of came and he just fit in to life and in his day. And you know, for a while he just kind of grew up. He kind of grew up in obscurity and people didn't see him as anything other than who he presented himself to be. And then All of a sudden, one day, he began an earth-shaking ministry that for three and a half years changed all of history in the world that we live in when he began to minister as Messiah, as the Christ. But yet that day, he just kind of fit in. You know, when we think about that idea... just fitting in. I want to warn you against that. Jesus doesn't fit into our life. Just fit into our life. He is our life. He's not just some addition that we add to life. You know, a lot of people, they get to a certain age, they say, well, you know, I've graduated school, I'm married now, I'm starting a family, Uh, I've got to get all those priority things in line. You know what I need to do? I need to start going to church. And, and I, I need to start, to, you, you know, thinking about my, my religious life. And, and so I'm going to add Jesus on to that. I want to add Jesus on. He's going to be an addition to my life. And so I'm going to have this life and this full life, and Jesus is going to be a part of it. Now let me ask you ladies a question that are, that are married here today. How would you feel if you, your husband thought about you just as an add-on? I mean, you know, yeah, my husband, he does this and he does this. And, and, and you know, he got to this place where he, he felt like he needed a wife. And so he just added a wife onto his life. How, how would you feel about that? Yeah, are you excited about that? Amen. Nobody excited about that, aren't you? No, you see, there's another one of those life things, isn't it? That we share life together. And that's who Jesus wanted to be. Even though He came in obscurity, He didn't didn't want to stay in obscurity. He wants to be your life. So now all these things are about what God has revealed to us today. You know, as we begin to celebrate and as we begin to worship Jesus Christ, all of a sudden we we can't get past that revelation of Him, can we? How How that Jesus came... And the announcement of his birth was to humble servants, right? To people like you and I, they received the message. He, he came. This message came from God Himself. You know, we, we, sometimes we, we're a little, we we're kind of ashamed of our faith or our relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen, this, this message, the, the, the opportunity that you and I have to re- have a relationship with Christ or with Him is from heaven. I, I mean, we, we have this on the authority of heaven. Don't back up from that message. Don't shrink away from it. Listen, this thing's from God, who we will give an account, by the way. But you see also this message has a holy subject. That holy subject is Jesus Christ Himself. Because really, it is all about Him. Bow with me, if you wouldn't, let's pray. Father in heaven, I'm so thankful today for the power of your love and